Hello, Barons and Big Shots, coming to you live from the French Riviera in Burbank, California. This is the Film vs. Film podcast. I am your host, Quinn Boys. I have made over two dozen dollars in my lifetime, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host and fellow 99 percenter, Leonard Smith Jr. Hey, Leonard. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Leonard Smith Jr. I'm hungry. Can someone pay for my meal? Because I, I would like to eat. And I have a sick grandma. Uh, so is the money going towards the food or to your sick grandma? The money, listen, just give to charity and I'm the charity, okay? If Any charity? If you're a one percenter and you're, and you're listening right now, just invest in, in me, in me as a person. Um, I got, I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, we <laughs> have a very fun episode today. If you heard me say one percent, we're talking about those... Lex Luthor's, those Jeff Bezos's, <laughs> <laughs> those Bill Gates, puppeteers, the one percent, the Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, we have SNL hosts. We're talking about SNL hosts. Um, we have a host of a two great podcasts, even the rich and just new show and God we lust, which I'm very excited to listen to. Um, Arisha Skidmore Williams. Hi. What's up? Uh, hey, Risha. Hi. I feel like I should mention a rich person because you both did. And I truly cannot think of one right now in this moment. Warren Buffett? Thank you. Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Oh, okay. We're going go. We're going back. That's all I can think of. Oh, Bill Gates. Johnson. There we Johnson. go. Bill, Bill yeah, Gates had already been said. Leonard, <laughs> you left Damn out it. Arisha's uh, most important credit when you introed her. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I just very adequately. About it. You introed her very adequately, but it's no intro of <laughs> Arisha is complete without mentioning top bullet point on her resume. Uh, mm-hmm. Fellow Lotions 11 mm-hmm. uh, improviser. We are all on the same improv team. Yeah. And now we're and all on the same podcast. We've been meeting like we literally were like, all right, we got to get Arisha on the podcast like season one. Season two. And we were like, you know, let's just wait till she has two podcasts yeah. so we can plug those two podcasts for her on our podcast, <laughs> which no, I don't even know. I'm, your podcast is popping. It's killing. You're killing the game right now. Arisha. Yeah, yeah. You should come on here to plug our podcast. Arisha. Yeah. Can then, you talk yeah, about like, our podcast? Talk, talk about our podcast on your podcast. Well, I Please. will say I like I would see you guys post a new episode and I'd be like, great another person we all know and it's not me okay and then each time i wasn't invited i wasn't invited i was like you know what fine fuck them they think they're better than me maybe they are but i'll never be on this podcast and then i got the text and i was like finally i've made it you said yes pretty quickly so whatever grudges you were holding melted away (laughs) i think it was because rob got (laughs) a little too quickly actually you should have maybe waited (laughs) waited us out a little bit well i have a i have that alert so like i'm on do not disturb but i've said it so that i get text if it's related to this podcast because i just had to get this text a lot of people are doing that now yeah it's a subscription actually subscription based (laughs) thing there um so we uh we had the the job of choosing two Two, what? one person, each choosing, wait, go ahead. Do we remember the specific problem? Yeah, I'm trying to help you out, but now I'm realizing I don't have the info to help you. What was, do we wow. remember the specific wording of the prompt this week, Leonard? I, I'm trying 1%. to 1%. I well, thought it was just no, 1%. But there's, yes, there's something more, spe- it's not just 1%. Oh, what, well, yeah, but, okay, okay, yeah, that's all I remember. Um, I'm at, what's the specific actual prompt? So the p- specific actual prompt is, I, I think it's just like. I thought it was like. 
best movies about the filthy rich the filthy rich yeah yeah oh about the filthy rich okay, yeah cool so the one percent the, uh, Which, the yeah. you know the, the people who damn uh, that kind of changes my argument that I had going into this. Great. Well, Leonard not reading the prompt closely is a story <laughs> tradition here at the Film versus Film podcast. You also called the late audible on your pick. Uh, you're all over the I place. I did. I did. Because I was very upset with myself. Because I was like, w- my roommate said something. He was like, you didn't choose that, and I was like, oh my god, what was I? Would... Because like I forced him to watch this movie. I've watched this movie like. In the last six months, three times, and wow. it's I'm the game. shocked about <laughs> the that. game. Are you? Yeah. This is I like this is my type of movie. Was like blown away that Love you movie. chose to change to this movie. Yeah, okay. I thought your first pick was more like this pick makes sense for Leonard. Yes. Is that fair? Yeah. I too well, was somewhat surprised when you pivoted to this movie. So do you want to just layers. walk us through that process? We'll start with I'm your. I'm curious about it. Yeah. All right, okay, so we did 1%, and I chose the toy, which I don't think – have either one of you seen the toy? No. No, I, I, I had watched, like, five minutes of it, and I was like, oh, this looks good. And then you texted us. I was like, thank God I only watched five minutes of it. Oh, wow. Okay, good. <laughs> um, the toy, like, Richard Pryor is this journalist, and uh, he's like – I don't know if he's down on his luck, but he's like some, – somehow he ends up in this department store – while this super filthy rich man and his son, and he's like a widower, or the, the father's a widower or something, and he never spends time with his son, and he buys everything his son wants, and his son is just like over it. He's like 10 years old, and like he's had everything in the world, and his dad, like he's like upset, and his dad is like, you can have anything you want in this store, and Richard, he chooses to <laughs> Richard Pryor. Oh so they pay this <laughs> black man to be his oh toy for like a week or like and then it like it's like ten thousand dollars a week anyways hilarity ensues he teaches them like you know he you know how to be a human basically and <laughs> and how to be sincere and like have someone who cares about you and gets his father to realize that he cares about him and it's a pretty good movie it's a funny movie but uh and it's funny because I loved both of these movies as a kid. The game came out in like 1997 and I was like nine or 10 years old. And I saw this movie when I was like 11 years old. Like my mom had it like on VHS or something. And I was all about this movie. The game, like which this, is, is the movie you pivoted to and is also the, the game I pivoted to. And uh, the complete opposite movie, like not ha- like nothing. It's not a comedy. It's literally like a drama thriller kind of like, I don't really know how to explain it, but uh it's about this wealthy Nicholas Van Van Orton Van Orton. Van Orton. Uh, I love a name. Yeah, man. Forty. He is his forty eighth birthday. He's an investment banker, and uh, he uh, literally is what you would expect an investment banker is. His life is his job. He's all about money, and uh, that's it. And there is a line where he's like. If you don't know what's going on in the world, you don't know why it's good to avoid it or something like that. When she was like telling him like, oh, you have this gala event and there's this wedding and there's this. So he's just this curmudgeon who's rich and only cares about business. And his brother gets him this gift for his birthday for the this game from CRS. And it fucking... He doesn't know what it is, and I love how like they told him that his brother scored. Anyways, I'm I'm like going way off. Anyways, <laughs> no, you're on topic. You're on the movie that you picked. It's all right. This is good. Uh, so the game is you don't know what it is, and you'll find out, and then all this crazy shit starts happening to him, and it's like 
all right, this is getting a little real. And then he thinks he's getting played and he thinks his money's getting stolen. And then he doesn't know if it's a game and who's not part of the game and who is, and he's starting to lose his mind. And it ends up uh, with him jumping off a roof to kill himself. Like his father did on his 48th birthday. And uh, at the end, he realizes that it was all just this, this real surreal experience that, and that his brother paid for it. And, because super rich people can do that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Pretty well summed up. I mean, yeah, it's just... Have you guys... did When you guys were growing up, I don't know if this was just a thing for me, but did you, it was kind of like an annoying thing that people used to do in high school, but uh, the game, it's like a... It's like a I'm trying to think how best to describe this. Basically, if someone's like, have you ever played the game before? Like the and most then, dangerous game? No, no, the, just like the, the game. And then you'd be like, no. And it's like, well, you just lost the game. And it's like a mental, (laughs) it's a mental thing where it's like, if you Uh, think about the game, you lost the game. So anytime someone would say like, you know, if you were talking about a bit, he's like, oh, we're on our way to the game or something. Like if you meant something else, you just lost the, you're always playing it constantly running game of anytime you think about the game, you've lost the game. That's the only rule. Mm. Now I have never lost the game, which I'm, I think one of the few people I know who's never lost the game because I never think about it. But hold on. Yeah. If you're asking the person about the game, then you just lost the game most, yeah. while asking. Most them. people, yes, but I have the uh, unique ability to be able to talk about it without thinking about it. It never enters oh, my brain, so my that's God. how I've never lost the game. But Leonard and Arisha, you both lost the game. So every time people say the game, I can't help but think about the game. Game. Uh, there could have maybe come up with a slightly better title for this movie. But yeah, it's basically like we just go in and fuck with your life, and that's the game of this movie we were gonna it's kind of actually a real service that does that there's like this service out here i remember uh i think my ex told me about it a couple years ago like it's it was in la like you call like you give them your phone number and like you show up at this thing and then they like like they just start calling you and leaving you weird messages and like fucking with you and then like you have to show up to this place and like all this weird shit happens to you like i don't know so there's something apparently it i i <laughs> I, I was thinking that's interesting because I was thinking there is a market for this. Now, this movie is obviously like you couldn't do what this movie does, but there's probably a market for shit like this for people yeah. like thrill seekers. And it it's probably would also appeal to the super wealthy who take no pleasure from the drudgery of everyday life exactly. because they have everything already. So yeah. they need to just fuck with themselves in new and unique ways. And I thought quite fitting for a movie about the 1% where at the end of this movie, not to spoil it but um it's all it was all the game that was he wasn't sure if it was it was a game or if they were really trying to fleece him and take his money and it was all the game and i kept waiting for the twist to drop but i was like how fitting actually none this guy was never in danger once (laughs) everything was fake (laughs) there were no stakes to this movie this whole movie is my brother got me a birthday present (laughs) and like that's the the whole thing most expensive elaborate fucking birthday present because you can they can do you can do that I yeah, I like, like how at the end he shows them the tab and they both look at it and they're like, whoa, but you never actually see what the number is. It's like they have that much money. It you can't matter. show the yeah, I it doesn't matter how many that, zeros though. are at the end. No, of that I thing. like that they did that because then it's just like everyone's imagination. And I like, like to think it was like four dollars, 50 cents. <laughs> they were both just like, whoa. <laughs> all right, all right. OK, OK. How, all right, it's 1997. How much do you think it was? How much do you think it cost? I want everyone's. Yeah, I think Ooh. they needed a clean mill for that. At least. I mean, all the actors in that cafeteria and stuff. OK. Well, because how much like, did it make them put thinking, on? I don't know. I don't but think how much it's does it cost? more. I think it's more than that. Okay. 
I mean, I'm thinking like eight. I'm hearing like I was gonna say I was gonna say two and a half mil. I was say two and a half million. You guys aren't that much ahead of what I said. You, you thought that my pick was outrageous, but Arisha all right, I was gonna say five. $5. I was gonna say five. I was gonna say five, and then Arisha said two one point eight. So I was like, all right, we're gonna. Well, are we adjusting for inflation? Well, it's ninety seven. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ninety seven. So right, if you enough. are adjusting for inflation, then what? Seven hundred and forty eight thousand dollars. I'm gonna say five million. I don't know how to adjust for inflation. I, I don't I have enough re- money. My money doesn't infl- inflate over time. There's not enough of it. Okay, I got another question for you. How long are you going to sit in the testing center where, where you watch the video or the, the continuous re- loop of crazy shit? Is oh, happening? God. Yeah. And he was just like, is anybody coming orange? out? He's getting the clockwork yeah. orange treatment. Yeah. How long would how long before you get up and question if someone's coming? That's, I think, where they lose me. I could run on a treadmill as long as you, well, I can't do it indefinitely. I'm not that in good shape, but I, I don't mind running on a treadmill as long as you need to get your numbers and stuff. But when you start putting me in and like showing pictures of like fetuses and like, you know, mm. all the weird shit that they showed and then they were just flashing subliminally like those, like uh, uh, just the screen goes dark and it just says like, you know, pestilence or whatever. It's like, I'm out. I don't like that <laughs> clockwork orange shit. So you're like a minute and a half, two minutes. I'll give you f- I'll give you five minutes of that. Five minutes? That's a long time. Yeah. that's. I feel like I'm being generous. Well, are we accounting for 1997 inflation? Inflation, if, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you three and a half minutes. Um, I don't know. I See, my problem is that I'm not great at... I'll end up in situations that I don't necessarily want to be in, but I don't know how to get out of them, so I'll just go along with them, and I feel like that's this how we would got have been here. a situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So it's like, well, I guess I'm in here. I'd probably, I don't know, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes before I'd be like, can I get out of here? What the fuck? And people don't know. Sorry not to cut this conversation, but like there is a extensive guest vetting process to be on the film versus film podcast. So we did have (laughs) full access to Arisha's bank statements. We had her take a few psych tests and questionnaires. Uh, We took we had her take a, a couple SAT prep courses just so we knew what we were dealing with. Yeah. Just well, just like Nicholas, she's a left brain word enthusiast. Yeah. So we actually know I, exactly how much of it you'll sit through, Arisha. And the answer is the whole thing. <laughs> I was actually scared about the psych test because I failed the psych test to work at Red Lobster. So, <laughs> what does that tell you? I did love I don't know if that's a joke or not, but I love it. Red oh, Lobster. Oh, it's true. They give I, their employees psych tests? We, well, it was like you had to fill out these questionnaires about like like word associations and what would you do in these certain scenarios? What do you think when you hear lobster? I thought that was an amazing <laughs> joke. I was like, that was a great joke. No, it's I thought it was too, but she said it so plainly. I was like, I think this happened. I didn't. Yeah, I couldn't get that job in college. It was, but I got and hired at TJ was, Fridays. Was, thank God. It was, oh, Their psych okay. test is much easier. <laughs> What's the no, best day of the week? No, I failed that too, but, but the manager really liked but, me. So Okay. They don't have biscuits. They don't have those biscuits at TJ Fridays. Well, if then, I worked at Red Lobster, it would have been a problem. They'd be like, Leonard, you can no longer, you can't eat biscuits. And I'll be like, I'd like to have a biscuit in my mouth. As you'd, you'd, they'd be chewing you out. And the whole time you'd be saying nothing. And you thought you were like, they were getting through to you. And then they'd be like, what do you have to say? And then mm. Leonard opens his mouth and just sprays. Well, okay. The person yep. This is a, this is a true story. Since Arisha is going to go out and be very vulnerable. Uh, I once didn't get hired at this uh, pizza and wing place because the owner knew that I would eat too many wings. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> like my friends, like he, we worked together at this other restaurant and then he opened his, other, his own restaurant and my friend, like one of my best friends started working there. And I was like, man, I'm trying to get a couple ships there. Like, what's up? And he was like, yo, to be for real, he told me. He was like, I do literally too many weeks. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? He's right. He was correct. So I'm not mad about it. You're like, uh, well spotted, sir. And then you, you got up. You took some wings on the way out and you were never seen again. Arisha, when you uh, applied for Red Lobster and you failed the psych test, did you go back to talk to them only to find that they had the Red Lobster had totally moved locations? Um, I No, I did try calling a couple of times and they, uh, oh, that they shows were like, you're yeah, he'll crazy. call you back. <laughs> I, it was just all my friends. We'd all were getting like jobs. We're like, yeah, we're gonna, you know, work whatever. And they all got jobs at Outback Capitalism. Steakhouse, and I didn't get Outback. one of those. Hi, this is Arisha. I'm here about the Red Lobster site <laughs> that I failed. If someone could call me back, you say that I can't let things go. Well, I'm gonna need someone to give me a call back. It wow. was, yeah. I'm still okay. mad about it. Um, I feel like Arisha scamming us right now, but I don't know. <gasps> Uh, we got to talk about this second movie, which was man, my pick. It was mm-hmm. Quinn's pick. What movie was that? This paired, uh, I thought, a little bit more nicely with, because I think but, you picked the toy first before you moved off it. And yeah, sometimes it I try break. to pick something opposite. I mean, I'm usually trying to pick things that I, I think fit the prompt and will win. But it's, you know, if whoever picks first, you're kind of thinking about that pick. And you picked a Richard Pryor comedy from the 80s. And I picked another... Uh, big comedian of that time um doing a Very similar good. well not a similar movie probably i haven't seen the toy because you've changed your pick but i assume it was it's about similar themes i'm sure i picked the steve martin michael Caine 1988 comedy dirty rotten scoundrels uh a, a story of two men who are in a kind of competitive uh, at first adversarial competitive relationship then they sort of team up and then they're kind of at odds again but two men who scam uh, primarily women out of their riches on the French Riviera. Uh, one is a kind of smooth-talking, refined British man, played by Michael Caine. He passes himself off as royalty or does whatever he needs to do to charm women out of their money. He, he you know, he, he, he's, he's just running a, a long cons, basically. And then there's Steve Martin, who's a little bit more of a sly, slick American blowing through town uh and so they have two very different angles and they team up and it's just a i think a really fun comedy where you are it's like one of those things where there's a lot at stake there's like fifty thousand dollars at stake at one point and again that's accounting for inflation i have to assume that's like four billion dollars today i don't know but there's a there's a lot of money at stake they're living in you know nice mansions along the french riviera they're going to fancy hotels everyone's wearing nice suits and uh, so you get to kind of luxuriate in the the things of the the 1% of the super rich. And yet you are supporting these two characters that you would otherwise not be if they weren't r- stealing from rich people that probably aren't even going to notice their money being gone anyway. So I think it makes the comedy come a little bit easier because people are getting hurt, but no one's life is really getting ruined. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. That's for sure the most filthy rich part about the movie is the fact that these the the, the money that they're taking from these people the people aren't going to miss. So right. it's like Had either of you seen this movie before? Yeah. You have. Oh, okay. I had, I had never seen it and I was fucking laughing the whole time. It was great. Yeah. It was great. I thought it was really funny. I saw it I'd seen it for the first time like a year ago right before the 
Anne Hathaway Rebel Wilson remake came the out. The remake, yeah. Um, so we watched it, and then the next day we went to see the Anne Hathaway one, which is almost like a shot-for-shot remake of 30 Rotten Scoundrels, which actually is a remake of another movie, I think. Yes, there was a uh, Marlon Brando, I think? There yeah. Was a, there was an early 60s film of a different title, which yeah. had more or less the same plot, like two yeah. rival con men. We won't say it because we don't acknowledge movies yeah on this podcast we don't talk about movies that are pre-1984 so for all intents and purposes Mm, this is the original okay and so the toy barely made the like made the cut because it came out in 1984 but the first year that cinema existed yeah yeah. but yeah it was so funny i i thought it was funny uh Steve Martin was great it was just funny to see like a young michael kane but he's still old and uh (laughs) <laughs> you realize how long Michael Caine has been old <laughs> A long time He was old in 1988 He's ancient now But uh, yeah Okay Did any I As soon as like They said oh she's like the sub queen I instantly knew she was gonna scam both of them Really? Why? Yeah Like what about I didn't when I first saw it I, I don't know what it is about me But like I'm always like The way I think when I'm watching when they introduced her character, I was like, okay, she's about to scam both of them. Like, it's gonna, they're gonna get, it's gonna flip over on them. And, yeah. but then, like, a part of the way through, I was like, I don't know. And then I knew again. I, like, kind of, like, was like, well, maybe she's not. But then when she's <laughs> you know, like, it sounds like you didn't know. You were just thinking. <laughs> and no, then I was, when she was like, my dad was changing. I'm wa- she was like, I'm waiting for the money from my dad. And I was like, oh, she doesn't have this. She's never gonna give them the money for this. She's, She's conning them, but I don't know how. I didn't know how. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Shit. She was, so you're referring to the character Janet, who kind of arrives midway through the film to drive a wedge in the new partnership of Steve Martin and, uh, and Michael Caine, who had been successfully conning people for a few scenes. Now they're trying to get with her, or rather they're trying to steal from her because she's like the Colgate heiress. I, I didn't rewatch the, this no, one no, this week. The what Soap was, Queen. The soap Queen, sorry, queen. yeah. The Soap Queen. And um, so... They're they're trying to con her, and then it becomes kind of a well, which of us can bed her? So there's like romantic rivalries and stuff, and then it goes back to the money, but then she takes the money from them. So it is it's one of those movies where everyone's well, double crossing everyone. It's impossible <laughs> to be Michael, ahead of the game. Michael Caine is a gentleman. He did not bet to wed her, but that Steve Martin's character would couldn't. Not. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. He he got out of that. And uh, yeah, you know there were some funny scenes that the first initial scene of like meeting Steve Martin with the money and like, and him just like taking the photos and like buying the clothes and like the fedora with the suit jacket and like the <laughs> sandals. Oh, that outfit. <laughs> so funny, man. Talk about people who've looked old forever. Steve Martin is impossible to place on the age spectrum because he, yeah. he went gray so early. Like yeah. Steve Martin looks, I would argue in my head anyway, exactly the same today in my mind yeah. as he did in 1988 yeah. in this movie. Like it, he is forever young, but kind of forever middle aged because of the <laughs> the graying. Um, but yeah, he's great. He's always like he's got a very specific energy and his humor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some stuff in this movie that you probably wouldn't do today, or you certainly wouldn't do today. But like, oh, I feel like yeah. Steve Martin's type of humor is always kind of sweet and not cruel. That it it kind of papers over. It allowed me to still enjoy the movie. I, you know, I, I I didn't see it when it came out either. I, sure. I hadn't seen it until more recently. Um, but he's just got such a specific energy. And Michael Caine has that, like, British refinement kind of... Like, he's got great yeah. comic timing as the straight man that they play off each other really well. It's a great 
pairing of the two of them, I think. Yeah. Really great pairing. And it's also nice, like, just watching these movies and, like, not having to have, like, negative thoughts or, like, imagery of the person in the movie. <laughs> like, thanks for not being a piece of shit. So, like, yeah, and that's – you pivoted, Leonard, and I almost pivoted, except I didn't wind up choosing this movie, so I didn't have to. But when you picked – when we were thinking of the prompt, like, best movie about the super rich, I almost picked uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. The Martin mm. uh, Martin Scorsese yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Some people were like, I you was didn't expecting choose Wolf of that, Wall Street? actually. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't for the reason. Well, I mean, I, I could have, and I, I, but like, part of me just felt like, I think the movie. I don't think the movie does more to glamorize. Uh, we feel the same way. I already know what you're about. To right, say, yeah. but I don't think it's any worse than you could say the same about like Goodfellas. And I would pick Goodfellas if we were talking about mob movie. Mm. You know, like I don't think he does any more to glamorize it. And in fact, I think the whole point of the Wolf of Wall Street, of the ending of that movie where he goes to like white collar prison and he's just playing tennis, that's the point. Like if you're waiting for this guy to get his comeuppance, he won't because people that have this much money, they don't. Like they yeah. never, yeah. they never have to face. So I, I could have made a specific argument, but part of me was like. I love that movie. It's quite a long movie also. Maybe I was trying to mm-hmm. take pity on Arisha. But like there was just something about it which is like you come away from that movie and you're a little bit more like fuck this fuck the system, fuck Jordan Belfort, fuck the you know uh who's DiCaprio's character, fuck all this. And I was like if we're talking about like best movies about the super rich that also acknowledge that the super rich can be terrible but like you can have more fun than me. like it was a tough it was a tough prompt and i think the way to interpret it was a bit difficult and i don't know leonard like i think we picked I, different films I felt the but same they both exact fit. way and that's why the toy and this were both basically kind of like we're like all right let's shine a light on how like shitty these people are not shitty but like let's shine a light on like their life and their experience but like also like try to humanize them and not like glamorize like how like disconnected they could be from society it's a fine line to walk and we've talked about the movies now we've talked a little bit about our our process in picking them but arisha you you had seen dirty rotten scoundrels Mm -hmm. once it sounds like you had not seen the game Mm -mm. you host the podcast that kind of (laughs) <laughs> looks into the lives of the rich. Like, what what did you think, I guess, when we gave you the prompt, and what do you generally think about, you know, in your past, in the past year-plus experience chronicling the lives of the rich? I mean, what do you come to look for and stuff like this, if anything? Oh, my gosh. This is a loaded question. Is it? Yeah, it's also vague uh, enough that you can go a lot of ways with it and still answer it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, like, it can be fun to watch the rich and talk about the rich but also in the last year i feel like it's a very fine line because you also want to eat the rich like especially when you look at how much like the uber wealthy and i'm actually kind of i'm glad you i was originally thinking one of you would pick wolf of wall street because that's like the first thing that comes to my mind in terms of like uber wealthy but i hate that movie i mean it's a good movie but i hate it and i'm the kind of person that needs to i need there to be justice like i need it to be like i hate A lot of people love Breaking Bad. I hate the end of Breaking Bad a lot because I don't feel like it's just how it Mm. ends. Like, not to spoil anything, but he goes out (laughs) on his terms and I'm like, no, fuck you. You need there needs to be there needs to be consequences. And I feel like with like the uber wealthy, there's very rarely actually consequences. And that's why I'm like and the consequences are always muted and super lax compared to everyone else. So 
I don't even know what your question was. I'm just going no, off on the No, I think that answers it perfectly. I think I think you answered it perfectly. I mean, there's literally a scene. I love the scene. I think DiCaprio is great in the scene, but it's hard not to like pull your hair out where he's on his yacht, his big ass yacht that he had to like extend so that it could fit a helicopter on it. And uh-huh. he's taunting an FBI agent as he's yep. walking away by throwing just... a lobster over the side and then flipping money off yep. like he's at a strip club and then just going, I call these fun coupons. <laughs> so it's it's tough to be like, that's my guy. That's my main yeah. character. Much easier yeah. to root for Steve Martin or or uh, Michael Caine Michael or Douglas. even Michael Douglas. Uh, mm. uh, Arisha, if you, what movie would you have chosen for this prompt? Hmm. Wow, I hadn't actually thought about that. Um, I think it's safe to say Arisha would have picked Richie Rich, the Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I, He's got a McDonald's for, in his house. It crossed my mind for a second. Uh, He's got a McDonald's a in his house, the height of fortune at the time. Mm. I thought that was a the thing hi- that when I was a kid and I saw Richie Rich at like the YMCA where they played it after school, uh, I remember thinking, <laughs> I remember thinking, yeah, using using the YMCA childcare, I know that I'm never going to attain oh the levels God. of rich as Richie. But no. when he goes to like some part of his mansion, there's just McDonald's. I remember having, I detached from the movie at that point. Do you guys remember the scene that I'm talking about? Like he's like yes. showing his friend. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what does this person do all day? Not Richie, the person who works at the McDonald's in Richie Rich's house. Because <laughs> wow, let's yeah. say he eats there once a week. Let's say no. Let's say he eats there once a day, which he shouldn't because that's unhealthy. That person is putting in a nine to five. They're like, they have a four hundred one k. Hopefully, they're like drawing on. All- they ha- they do not. Yeah, have- you're right. If it's a normal McDonald's, they're mistreated. But you're so you're you're like just driving up to the gates. To, you're only serving Richie, or I guess maybe some of the butler staff. Like I don't. Yeah. I was, I I just had a thing where I spent the rest of the movie thinking about what the life of the person who worked at the McDonald's mm. at Rich Rich. Yeah. How many people work there? Do they take shifts? Is there you know like. I, I want to know. That's me with every form of media. <laughs> like just, with, with, yeah, I always detach, just like with Homeward Bound. I'm like, yeah. wait a second, whose kid is this? When did they get married? <laughs> when was she pregnant? Like, it's like, that has nothing to do with the movie. Have you ever seen Homeward mm. Bound, Arisha? Yeah. Homeward Bound, if you recall, That's starts the one with, wait, it's the, which the, one is that one? The animals run away from, yes. or they get separated and they have to find their way and home. With the three animals? No, I don't yeah. like it. Leonard hates it too, but we, I gave it to him earlier and he was so caught up on the fact that it starts with a wedding where the mom is getting married to like a new dad and Leonard just couldn't get, that's like the first scene and Leonard couldn't get over. He goes, what happened to the old dad? Is he dead? Is he moving on? Like, where's well, the other dad? The reason why I was super all about it is because they also had like a two year old son. So it was like, yeah, did you have this son together before you got married or did the dad just recently get out of the picture and Let you got married on. within mm. two years? Mm. That's a quick turnaround. Maybe yeah. the dad abandoned them and maybe that's why the animals are so important because it's a semblance of family and keeping the family together. But it's worth like one or two lines to explain <laughs> it. I agree. If Homer bounded it a lot, it's like, oh, I'm going to get married to Steve because your shithole deadbeat father <laughs> ran out on us. <laughs> that's all I'm asking. Honestly. And we got to move to San Francisco because I he stole all the money. <laughs> <laughs> In the third movie, it was originally Homer Bama supposed to be a trilogy. In the third movie, you find out about the dad. <laughs> the animals are separated again, it's, and there's and then the main dog is like, "I know where we can go." And then it's the dad's place, and they yeah, they bring the wait. Is that back. true? No, Damn none it. of that's true. Um, I don't even know they between had this and the minor league baseball player. Oh boy, fucking. Anyways, okay. yeah, we both uh, we can't go back into that now. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, we're done. Um, um so. <laughs> 
let's I guess you know we've talked about what these films are the game which we haven't mentioned yet is directed by David Fincher I feel like it's one of his um, my guy one of his famously close friends with Leonard uh I feel like it's one of his (laughs) not forgotten movies but it's not the one you I would put this like in in the realm of like Panic Room or like Benjamin Button of the of the David Fincher movies that aren't referenced as frequently as the sevens and the fight clubs and the social networks and whatever Mm, um it's a lesser david fincher movie in terms of pop pop culture popularity whatever for sure and that might just be because i hadn't seen it but i also having seen it no no one's seen it there wasn't a lot of like recognizable stuff that i'd heard from elsewhere or whatever i knew that it existed i'd always kind of wanted to watch it and i am a a a fairly big david fincher fan myself and yet i hadn't seen it so so how do you feel about it I liked it. I, I, I thought it was good. It, it, you know what? It reminded me of like a, an Alfred Hitchcock thriller uh, to once again mm. dip our toes pre-1984 um, where it's like those movies are usually like case of mistaken identity like Cary Grant or somebody will wind up in over their head in some conspiracy because they accidentally answered a telegram that wasn't meant for them or something. Except yeah. this yeah. was, you know, it felt in a way like a deconstruction of movies like that because this was like you know it's always like something silly like i just said like Cary grant stood up and they thought that he was the wrong person so these two guys grabbed him and dragged him out of a hotel and now he's involved in a conspiracy this movie's like you're rich you're bored you're disaffected you know why don't you just take this card and go to this place and we'll do this stuff to you and you know it's going to happen and then so it's like he chose to engage in it and so then all the things that happen all the chase scenes all the shootouts and stuff they're all constructed and you as the viewer even if you're not sure if you believe that it's they're fleecing him or that it's the game and he just doesn't realize the game is so realistic it's like um in the back of your head you always know that could be the thing and it felt like the movie was sort of like it doesn't really matter like he just signed up for this like it doesn't really matter we could add stakes but the stakes are just this is what's happening to him so i thought it was interesting in that way because like a lot of his movies i don't know that i felt like I was rooting for Michael Douglas because I didn't really care about him because he didn't Mm. really care about anything himself. But Mm. it was a very interesting, like, twisty thriller, and it doesn't really matter if you're rooting for him that much. I don't know. I I don't know how you feel about it. That's the best I can put it. I think you kind of made me root. It's just interesting to see him being like, I can beat this game. I can figure it out. The whole time, He's they like it was just interesting because – He's like trying to beat the game, but that's the game that they created for him because that's the type of person he is. So, mm-hmm. it was yeah, just I thought that was cool—the idea uh, that you give people as much knowledge as you can. Now you would just hand over your phone, and like Facebook has scraped all of this data from your Google preferences, <laughs> and they could find it. But back then, you'd have to undergo a litany of tests so that they could know kind of everything about you, and as best as they could, try to design something based on your personality, which is interesting. I feel like though. I don't know. At least in the beginning, it was one of those things where it was like, I mean, I also didn't necessarily root for him. I didn't root against him, but he very much seemed, it, it just seemed like he was like, whatever, I'll do whatever this, my brother is saying. I don't really care. But he didn't know, like half the time he was like, is this actually real? Or is this part of the, is this CR, is CRS or whatever they're called? CRS, yeah. And it was just like, that Creative was so frustrating to services. me. Because yeah. it was like, he doesn't even know if this is, it's like, is it a coincidence? Like, is my, at one point he was on the phone with his lawyer or something, Sutherland or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, all your money's still in, all the, the company has it money. And the girl was like, this is part of the, 
game or whatever. And he's it's part like, of it. He's he's with them. He's with yeah. CRS. And I'm just like it's I movies like that just because I'm like what is true? It's like Memento <laughs> where it's like what I need that... to know. Tell me what is actually. You just want to grab the movie by the shoulders and shake it. Yes. Until it stops fucking with you. Yeah. This yes. the game and Memento are like two of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and see, I'm normally with you, Arisha, and Memento is another Memento is I think a better movie than this, but that's, that's okay. That's not what we're talking about, but I, I I'm with you. And I think this movie by making it a protagonist that you don't really care. I don't care if Michael Douglas loses, loses his money. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really care. Cause he doesn't have any like close loved ones. Or, and I, I appreciate the movie being like, so we know you're not going to probably care about this character. So we'll just make it yeah, all exactly. artificial. But mm. at the same time that I, maybe allowed me to relax. Cause I didn't really, I was like, maybe this is the game. Exactly. Maybe he's being double crossed. Maybe the waitress is being honest with him. Or maybe not. I don't care. Like, I was more willing to go for the ride because mm. I think I was less invested, which yeah. is a strange feeling in a movie. You want to be invested in the characters. Yeah. But. And I, yeah. I I think they it was for sure they did that purposefully. And I, I feel the same exact way. You're just, like, there for the ride with him because mm. I never give a fuck, gave a fuck about him losing his money. It's kind of like, ha, he lost his money. It kind of <laughs> sucks. Like, yeah. But, you know, this you, got, you, you wanted to try something. And... Uh, I just I don't know man it, it it's so good every time I don't know how I, why I watch this movie so <laughs> speaking of the it, super rich do either of you guys watch succession or have you I've seen? watched the first season I okay. watched I've watched one season. episode so then the podcast hopefully enough oh you're 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 telling on yourself now <laughs> yep <laughs> um <laughs> there is a the intro of succession has been the same every episode and if you've only watched one episode maybe it didn't stick but it's like a it's piano uh it's the piano theme for the show on old, like, it looks like, I don't know if you'd call it super eight footage of the family when they were growing up as kids. Um, and it's cut together with all these things. And there's actually even a shot of the father on the steps of their mansion with his hand on his son's shoulder. And then he leaves the frame and it's exactly the same type of intro. Like I was like, my mind was blown. Mm. It's almost exactly the same intro as the first, like three minutes of this movie. Leonard, do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? It's like, yes, so similar. It's crazy and similar it was, to the point where I they couldn't have designed that, that intro without having seen the game and knowing about it. Yeah. Mm. I hadn't even put that together. That's so funny. If you take the sa- the theme song from Succession and you put it over that same footage, which this also has a piano score, um, and you put it over that same footage, you would be like, oh, this is – oh, they maybe they slightly tweak the success. You wouldn't know. It's it's that it's that similar, which is kind of wild. Uh, and It works. It's cool, but yeah. I just like I did like the vibe because instantly when you're watching it, it's, it's instantly that one percent filthy rich vibes. Like, oh, this is like the super wealthy. They've got white maids that been who live. You on know, you're wealthy when you can afford white whole, maids. That's mm. yeah, the guy who's been there. The hurt. Like I was just thinking about Ilsa. I was like, what? I like I can't imagine living on someone's estate your whole life and like, Mm-mm. what does she do? Does she get like? Does she have like? Does she work? Does she get the weekends off or does she work every single day? Does she get a, three weeks off every like six months? Like what's her life like? <laughs> yeah. This, see, we're doing it again. Richie, rich McDonald's. This is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people are content with that. So, you know what? Power, all power to them, you know? I mean, yeah. Free room and board. That helps. I feel like, I feel like even though it's kind of like a thriller and a drama, the overall theme of, of uh the game still has filthy rich vibes oh yeah no for sure i mean you couldn't do all that they're doing without being that rich anyway yeah yeah can i give two more comps these are just popping into my head now as i watched this movie last night 
there's an episode of Nathan for you where he signs people up because the, the, the premise is he wants to make a haunted house really <laughs> scary because in every haunted house, even the ones that are like this haunted house will blow your world. They can't really do anything to you. Um, so he does this. It's a hilarious scene and everyone should watch it, but he does this thing where he has people sign a waiver and he's telling them it's like the scariest haunted house. It's like for people that really want that shit, like, you know, escape mm-hmm. room type people, but for haunted houses and they want like an intense experience. And so he has them, uh, sign like a waiver that like you know they can't sue or whatever blah, blah blah and so then they go in they go to the haunted house they get down like maybe one corridor and then he like pulls an alarm and he stops it <laughs> and he tells them that oh, gosh i should have watched it more recently he tells them that someone <laughs> that worked at the haunted house was infected with something and that they may have been exposed to like a deadly nerve agent or something like that like literally he stops it he like shuts down the whole production then like nathan fielder comes out and he goes I'm so sorry. You might be really sick. So they like bring an ambulance around. They like put the person in the ambulance. It gets to the point where the people, they take them to the hospital. Like it gets to the point where the people are like, wait, what? Like, is this part of it? He's like, this is not part of it. Like this is, <laughs> this is so, he like really scares people into thinking that they're, they're going to die from like, I don't know. Maybe this is like asbestos in the wall. It was something more urgent. Um, and it's so funny. He only tells them like after they've gotten like the diagnosis or something, he goes, surprise, this is the haunted house. (laughs) And it's exactly like the game. It's like, you just go, you go to the nth degree with it. You just go so, so far with it. The other comp I had real quick was, have either of you seen game night, the Jason Bateman movie from like two years ago? Yeah. Same exact premise. They just did it comedically. Yeah. Oh, I guess it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, and I'm not even saying the game is the first movie to ever do it. I think these kind of twisty mystery box movies have existed for a while, but there are a lot of like the influence of the the idea of it, the story of it. I feel like was familiar, despite never really having seen even a clip from this movie. I don't think. Well, that's great that you say that because I feel like we should go into our little talking points. Sure, sure. Uh, And the first one's pop culture, and I don't. The game doesn't really have any pop cultural influence, I don't think. But maybe that's its influence. Maybe it's, we just talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, we talked mm. secession. Yeah. The the, uh, the other the game night and, and, and the movies of the sort. So, dirty dirty rotten scoundrels. I had heard of. I had heard of the movie before they remade it. You know, I haven't seen the I hadn't seen the remake or this one, but I don't know. Steve Martin's huge. You know. Yeah. I don't know if it had it. Any pop cultural influence? What do you think, Arisha? Nothing coming to mind. I'm trying to think, like the title and that, like the fact that they're in a movie together. But yeah, I'm trying to think of things that are like lines from the movie that were super prevalent. Or it's yeah. also from '88, so there's been some time that has passed. But I don't I feel like the French Riviera. Yeah, but you know, I, yeah. mean, I was in it. It's so iconic in that movie. But I don't know, pop culturally. This movie put the French Riviera on the map. People yeah. weren't going there before this movie. It's true. <laughs> think about it. It's a whole tour. And I'm trying to think now. Maybe the, the pop culture thing was like, oh, Americans are dumb. <laughs> 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 we're, scam- we're scamming all these rich Americans out <laughs> on the French Riviera. Yeah, yeah I, f- I don't know. Do you know what's something? And I don't know. Uh, it's This has existed in other in other movies but i'm trying to think of one the idea of someone a character 
so there's a lot of shenanigans in this movie. We probably haven't talked. We've, we spent most of the time talking about the game. We can talk about this movie a little bit more. There's a lot of shenanigans that they pull. At one point, Steve Martin pretends to be mentally challenged, uh, which is a, a move. And that's like when they've he already pees take... on himself. That was yep. insane. That was insane. Um, Rup- Ruprecht. He plays Ruprecht. Ruprecht. R-U-P-R-E-C-H-T. Ruprecht. And then he's got like a, he's like, like an eye patch and he's got like, they're, they're doing all these gimmicks, but the one that he's using when he's trying to woo Janet is he pretends to be uh, oh my God. paralyzed. Uh, he's in a wheelchair. Mm. And I feel like it's a very prevalent thing in a lot of movies, usually comedies for a character who is pretending to be in a wheelchair to suddenly walk and to pretend that the power of love or you know mm. the support of a good woman is what allowed yeah. them to rise from the wheelchair, which is an offensive trope, but very yeah. common, very common. Yeah. And it was not is the last common? time. I've seen that before. I'm trying to think of what, but like, uh, help me out, Arisha. You know what I'm talking about. You're saying, yeah, like, you've seen well, this. Well, because I have seen it before, but I cannot think of an example. I just, I remember, and I remember because I was, I follow, there's an Instagram, I follow, a lot everyone follows Instagram accounts, but one of the Instagram accounts I follow is um, somebody who's in a wheelchair and she posted like like a list of things where there are movies where it's like you like they make fun of that or they like make it like, oh, this is all it takes to be able to walk as if, you know, we're yeah, we're less than because I'm, we can't walk. And I just can't remember the movies on that list. But I, I remember this trope. I've seen it before. You're right. I'm starting to like think about it. I for sure can see some of the images in my head of seeing it before in past forms of media yeah yeah so but, uh so that's one thing you know, but i think what we're what we're getting at is there's nothing like uh there's nothing like uh well, i love lamp there's no there's no like li- enduring line that people might be saying and they don't even realize it's from that thing unless we're just missing something very obvious from either of these movies yeah yeah well, we're kind of talking about how well does these hold up, so we might as well go jump into that. Let's you know, go. Obviously, those things did not hold up very well, but it, I didn't feel weird or, like, totally bad about it because, like you said, there's just something, like, sweet about Steve Martin. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I wasn't, like, super offended. Like, like I still enjoyed the movie and, like... And I think it's, like, when you're time. introduced, it's, like, these characters... The movie is called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. These characters' yeah. Pro- yeah. occupation for lack of a better word, is to steal money from people, which, exactly. yes, there are people that we are like, I don't care if this person loses $50,000. However, it is still uh, biblically, I guess, wrong to steal. So they're not good characters. So the fact that they would like pretend to be disabled or pretend to be uh, all of these uh, different giving, things, whatever they needed. To, to, to children for charity. Right. Um, <laughs> it, there is no poor taste for them there is no too low and and that's yeah. well like there is what, for there is there was for michael kane's character that's true he had like some dignity although he spends his time sleeping with women to woo them all the time he just he just taps yeah. out of this one situation where he's like yeah, i'm not going to compete true. with you for it i'm still going to do it and that's how i make my wealth but but yes he how he, do, he sits that one out uh i feel like the game holds up pretty well like even like for today, it just felt like a good movie. Still to me, it feels like a good movie. David Fincher movies just age pretty well. I was thinking about that when I was yeah. watching it. Like he, all of his movies have the same kind of like professionally made. You know, he doesn't he doesn't go in for like cheap camera tricks that now look weird. Like when you see that, th- I just rewatched Gladiator, 
for the first time in forever. I know. We're, we're talking about all sorts of movies that we didn't pick on this podcast. But they have that thing where it's like slow-mo, but it's like the frame rate is choppy, which I remember that mm-hmm. was really popular around like the 2000s. It was just a lot of like the slow-mo where it, it just sort of looks shaky because they've taken frames out or something. I don't know how they mm-hmm. got to it. And it's like... Oh, yeah, that was a trend at that time. But David Fincher movies just always look like David Fincher movies. If you released this movie today, there's nothing other other than the fact that you'd be like, wouldn't he use his iPhone? But like beyond that, there's really nothing that's that dated about it. Exactly. Like even the part where it looks very slick. It looks very slick. It looks so good. And just like even them being rich and like assholes, it all kind of like would fit and translate to like today like him smoking the cigarette in the fucking restaurant and Mm -hmm. he's just like and just like everything just felt very genuine and like it just felt like they could have been a lot it could have been 2021 because rich people's lives have always been the same like Mm. they're they're catered on hand and foot not necessarily all but like you know their lives is are pretty consistent i feel like there's not there's, there's not like there's much more you can do they're trying to go to space. They'll be able to go to space soon. Rich people will go to space soon, but they can't leave the Earth. So there's only so much they can do on Earth. And I like you, you. You mentioned the asshole trying to smoke the cigarette indoors. That's uh, the part of Michael Douglas's brother Conrad, uh, played by Sean Penn, who who's, great. who's good. Who's good in the movie for sure. But also like, um, I, I read a, a fun trivia note is apparently that role was originally offered and maybe even accepted by Jodie Foster. So she was going to be playing his sister. Um, And then Jodie Foster, I guess nearer to filming or after she'd accepted it, she was like, ah, it doesn't feel right age wise for me to be playing Michael Douglas's sister. I think I should be his daughter. And then (laughs) Michael, like it was just a classic movie star stare off especially for like men of a certain age, which Michael Douglas is now and was then of like, no, no, Jodie Foster is not my daughter. Jodie Foster is my sister. Cause if she's my daughter, then I'm much older than jo-. like, it, it seemed like that was behind it. Cause Michael Douglas mm. wanted her to be his sister. Jodie Foster wanted to be his daughter. Cause Jodie Foster's yeah, on the other end. Like I'm a, there's an 18 year age difference between them. So you could kind uh, of go either way because I think mm-hmm. Sean Penn is that much younger too than Michael Douglas. They, you know, it, yeah, and he treats him like a baby brother, like a very, yeah. I was like thinking kid like his sibling. Dad. Yeah, right. Yeah. I assume it's the baby and the footage I, in the beginning, and that doesn't to be look like, like that. Yeah, there's a bigger like age like, difference than that. I think he's supposed to be like 13 years older than him because he was he's like 13, 14, I think, when his dad died. Right, and he was like a baby. Mm, but okay. I just found it I so just, funny of like, and and so the the standoff wound up them being, I guess Jodie Foster stepped out. I don't know, but then they're like, we'll yeah, just get. That would have ruined the whole movie. He's not supposed to have any connections. He's he divorced his wife because he didn't want to. He didn't have kids. He that would have made the movie. So I guess it would have been yeah. a somewhat strange daughter, but yeah, you're right. It's it's not a bad point. It it, it probably works more as like the fuck up brother exactly um, for sure i'm just curious how michael douglas in 1997 was how old do we think i was thinking about this 75. during the because he's supposed to be 48 and i'm like yo he's for sure way older than 48 and i was like but maybe he's not michael douglas is 76 now arisha so uh Nailed 24 it. years ago he was 52 which you could play 48 if you're 52 okay so that's right, basically cool. 48 yeah. yeah it's basically 48 um huh. i'm getting old so that's that's basically t- uh, 31 <laughs> <laughs> sean penn was 36 so yeah i okay. mean you can fudge those numbers and make that work so, i guess yeah 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 for sure yeah um uh 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I feel like the game held up. I think it holds up. The most. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Arisha, I don't know, unless you had any perspective on this. Well, okay. When you say hold up, are you referring to anything? Because you mentioned like anything, anything, anything. Because I'm thinking good taste, good production value, good whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was a dark movie in terms of it wasn't bright. (laughs) Yeah. That's what dark means. I didn't mean, I don't mean like, no, we get you. But it wasn't like, um, which I don't love. I realize I like bright movies. Okay. Um, a lot of all his movies are dark. They're, they're pretty. They're all. They pretty are. Dark. I well, I didn't realize what else he had done until Mr. IMDb here just quoted them. So you're right. They are normally dark. I yeah. I think it holds holds up pretty well. Um, it definitely you can tell it was a movie from the 90s, but. Um, yeah. I agree about the wealth. I mean, it all looks the same. It's just upgraded couches and exclusive clubs. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it, it holds up by not having aged that poorly. But I, I do. There, There's just that kind of like dark David Fincher stamp on a lot of these movies. He goes back to San yeah. Francisco in Zodiac, which makes this movie look like, you know, uh, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Like that Zodiac is so dark in comparison. Um, but uh, all of his movies kind of have that same. Like every apartment kind of looks dingy. Like even Michael yeah. Douglas's place, which is nice and and you know yeah. it's behind a gate and it's got one of those circular driveways with that only rich people have. Yeah. Um, but you go in and it's dark and it it doesn't look dirty, but it looks unwelcoming. It looks cold. You know. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, never want to go there. Which I think that fits the character. Nicholas is yeah, it's the character. Money can't buy you happiness. Um, it is weird right. though. Who keeps a gun like... in a To Kill a Mockingbird book? Is that racist? I don't know. <laughs> is it? Yeah, because it's probably been there for seventy years. So yes, it is racist. Keeps... That book is only thirty-five-ish years old at that point. But yeah, I get your point. They hollowed out To Kill a Mockingbird to get a gun for like when he pulled it. I thought maybe he had money in it, and then he just takes it out, and it's got a big old gun. And I'm like, hey, maybe read the book, man, and then don't put a gun. Because <laughs> <laughs> that gun was only meant for shooting black people. No, no, I don't think there are very many black people in this movie, unless I'm I'm missing no. a very obvious. There's the bartender. I mean, it's about There's the, 1%. the bartender, uh, James at the club. I don't think Dirty Rotten yeah. Scoundrels yeah. holds up much better on that front either. But uh. no, nah, there's there's uh there is two black people dancing in the club when he's. Uh, I saw a couple, yeah, like an a, actual. That couple. dude was super short. They were a very short couple, and then the black sailor. Oh yeah, yeah, was yeah. Also yes. in the, Who actually had some and, lines? Uh, I was excited for him. Yeah, both these movies had white butlers and maids, so I appreciate that. That's how you know you really the white and, the white uh, butler from uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels oh, is yeah. Lord. Palpatine from the Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. You didn't yeah. Notice? Uh, yeah it took it. me a minute yep. to, I, to realize it too because he's not doing that voice, but like there is something evil looking <laughs> about him. Well, I watched this movie with my parents because my mom, I was like, I have to watch these movies. And she's like, oh, I love that movie. And she was like, you know, the director is the voice of Kermit the Frog. Yeah, it's Frank Oz, Yoda too. Yeah. And I was like, well, which came first? And I forgot her answer, but I think Kermit. Did. Wait, this movie or Kermit? Yeah. Yeah, no, the Muppets were from the seventies or so. Like, but yeah, Frank Oz directed this movie. Frank Oz is also the voice of Yoda. He's the voice of a bunch of uh, Muppets. Oh, wow. uh, nice. Kermit, chief among them. And uh, yeah. yeah, and I think isn't he also the puppeteer? I don't know. It is kind of odd that Frank Oz directed this movie, but he does a great job. Yeah, well, that's why yeah, he no. started doing puppets was to fund his directing. 
dream. Really? We're learning all kinds of interesting mm-hmm. things in this. We're learning about yeah. Jodie Foster. It's We're learning about true. Kermit. Well, let's. Uh, well, there's two things. There's a couple things we learned that Steve Buscemi was not in either one of these. Yes, films. the all important, <laughs> the all important third criteria on our list was Steve Buscemi in this movie. No, he, was <laughs> he wasn't. Neither now, could him. Steve Buscemi have been in these movies? Oh yes, Steve Buscemi mm. could have been a great character in the. I game. I don't know that like, tonally he fits with weird. the game. I feel like David Fincher doesn't use people that look like Steve Buscemi that often. But they were, they had what's his name. That's in oh. all the movies now with the scars on his face and like, and they, there were the a guy who tries like to really drag him into good... the river. How was he yeah, meant to survive that? Can we just explain? Like, the game makes okay, no yeah, sense. I, like, you are going to kill yet. this person a lot. I know they said the bullets no, were scribs, buried. but it's like, what was blowing up the living room then? Was it just they probably timed the apartment was already set? So the, yeah, they had timed. That's why I'm thinking this shit cost at least five mil. They you put him back like, then or now. This, uh, now it costs like their bill uh, was five million. Yeah, but, I believe they had to have like scuba divers ready to just to kiss his ass. That's what I was saying. That like that they gave crazy. him a hand crank that he happened to have in his jacket pocket through which to. Oh, I, actually, I thought he was gonna bust. It wasn't happy to have it. Bust it was the windshield, but then he just cranked the window. <laughs> um, yeah. Would have been more dramatic if he busted it, but like he cranks the window and it's like. Fucking lucky that he had that with him because he'd already like gone home. Maybe left it on it's his. It's not counter. lucky. It's all planned. Yeah, but they Clint, don't know. He, he you sucked. can't account for human. Uh, I'm just saying. Okay. I would have died. So if you guys imagine you are the one percent, would you ever sign up for something like this? Yes. <laughs> Leonard, Leonard always says yes. On. Yes. So. Yes. No. Not. It's not gonna play out exactly the same way as the movie. It's just you would sign up for this game you don't know anything about. That I don't know anything about. Yes. <laughs> changes especially if i'm like 48 i'm like fuck it i'm already gonna die i made it this long i probably would not because why would you (laughs) i i don't see the you only got one life to live man you already got all the money in the world i just do an escape room or something i feel like you can control the scenario a little bit this is how i'm a crazy person i would do this but like i'd be like if i have to get on a helicopter i'm not doing (laughs) like i wouldn't like (laughs) That'd be the first thing they make you do, though. Well, so, no, that's the problem with, like, with being dumb rich is, like, your, like, chances of death, I feel like, rise. Because you're on, like, small private jets. Mm. You decide, oh, I have the money that I can get a pilot's license and fly my own planes. Yeah. Like, you're flying in helicopters all the time. Like, these, uh, like, the sixth richest person in the world died in Alaska a couple weeks ago. Because mm. uh, he was doing, like, some, like hella skiing or like where you have to like you can only get to these spots by helicopter yeah and it was like some crazy tours and like six people died in this helicopter i think it's they die in more extravagant ways whereas the poors like right. us just die from easily curable diseases and uh you know not being a, <laughs> yeah they just put themselves in positions to die in those so shows. yeah when you yeah. hear about so. someone who went hella skiing and then they got impaled by a mountaintop you're like wow rich people die a lot it's like no a million yeah. people died from just not having clean water at well the same time. i don't know i just think i feel like i feel like john f kennedy jr's death really affected me i was like you're so rich and you had all the you had mm-hmm. you could have you were gonna be the president and now you're fucking dead because you wanted to fly your own fucking plane yeah. like yeah I feel like that really affected me as a kid. You know me. I'm fucking cynical. I was a cynical kid. I was just like, you moron. You and JFK Jr. Doing? had a lot in common. It was a cautionary tale for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I would probably not sign up for it, but I would also be like kicking myself. Can I have got a thing for Steve Buscemi for this movie? He's great, and R.I.P. to him because in looking at him on IMDb, uh, looking him up on IMDb, I found out that he passed in 2014. But this movie, wait, what? This this movie has a, not Steve not Buscemi. Buscemi. This movie has another popular Jesus. that guy, and his name is James oh, okay. Rebhorn or Rebhorn, who plays the salesman who pitches him on the the product, and then is the guy he oh, sees yeah. on TV later. The actor he confronts him. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. He's dead. He passed away in 2014. Isn't that sad? I know. But wow. he's great, and he's in like everything in the '90s and 2000s. I, I was gonna say yeah, he's the kind he of person you see. You're like, I've seen him before. I've seen him before. But you like never really know he's his name. Aware. But he's a he's just yeah. a solid, yeah. funny character actor. I remembered him in Meet the Parents. He's like one of the people that's like Robert De Niro's friends that are like at the house that weekend where they're playing volleyball and mm, stuff. Like, yeah, what'd yeah. you do, Fokker? He's like, like he's like one of those. Dad. You know, he can look like your <laughs> yeah. white Republican dad or something, or he could also look like this kind of. Because he's bald and he's kind of goofy. Like, like he yeah. can be a comedic kind of character. I remember he was a doctor in 30 Rock. He's great. And uh, he's yes. good in this, too. So I'm not trying to take his role away from him. But if you were to insert Steve I, Buscemi, I think he could have played it. I think hmm. Steve Buscemi would have been funny as the, like, private eye that he gets the gun from. He's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just doing my job. Like, ah. And he, like, shoots the tire. <laughs> yes. Like, I feel like that would have, Steve Buscemi would have I been recognize funny that guy, too. He's the dude in. Yeah, he's in a bunch of He's the of dude shit. in Batman Begins he's, where he just. Puts him up and down yeah. in the alley when he's, like, got his ankle on the thing. And he's like, swear to me. He's like, from, he's uh, that guy. <laughs> he's the falafel guy. He's also guy. from Sons of, An- Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. You work with David Fincher once, it pays dividends. That's what we're learning. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Steve Buscemi and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I think he could have fit as well. I He would have been younger at the time, so... I don't know. I think he he would make an easy mark. Like I feel like Steve Buscemi would be someone that they'd be stealing money from. I maybe he could have. I wouldn't have him play the butler. I don't know. Maybe you guys have better ideas. But I think yeah, he could definitely be the butler. We know he can do comedy, and he could very easily fit yeah. into that that world. I I feel like Steve Buscemi would have to be like Benny's. I think that's the character's name, or like like bumbling cousin who comes or something. I don't know. I don't know where he would fit necessarily in the roles that were already in the film. Mm. I could see him as. Um, I mean, he wouldn't. I don't know if he could do a Greek voice, but the <laughs> the guy at the very end who's like the what's her face is like. Yeah, the, this is the top guy from Australia. You'll want to talk to him, and like the guy that. Michael Caine is talking to well, whoever that guy is. I feel like he could be that uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can see that for sure. He has like the Greek, one line. The Greek dude. Yeah. The Grecian. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we've put that one to bed. Thank well, God we always we now. always plant our flag in the Steve Buscemi. Uh, we'll talk about these statistics. <laughs> Let's go statistics. This is the one percent movie, so it's all about that box office, Leonard. Do you know what the game I'm, is? I, I'm already I'm already disappointed in the Rotten Tomatoes for the game. Mm. I feel like it's going it to align with mine. It was 75%. Uh, 7.8 on IMDb. And it made $109 million on a $48 million budget. Okay. So that's a modest hit. I mean, any movie that makes $100 yeah. million and it's like not a superhero movie or based on something. David Fincher was not yet David Fincher who'd made Fight Club, but he just made seven. Okay. Now I'm seeing that the budget was seventy million, but it still it made one hundred and nine point four million. Seventy million dollars to I mean it was, it was it's an expensive lot. game, so it was an expensive movie. So definitely not a failure, but also not a huge hit. Then if it if it cost seventy yeah. to make a hundred, it made thirty million dollars basically. Yeah. 
So interesting. That's not that much. That's interesting. That's yeah. They probably Michael Michael Douglas's character wonder, makes that in a weekend. I was gonna say yeah. I wonder if that was like part of marketing and stuff because I see I don't know like that's just maybe they like thought it was gonna be bigger than what I don't know who knows that's that's wild but still they made a hundred million in ninety seven because like. I feel like this movie doesn't ever get talked about because if you go back yeah. and look at the movies that were made from like 94 to 98, it's like insane. Like, I think like I was looking at it a, a while back, like the movies that came out in 1995 and 1996 are just like, I see why people love to go to the movie theaters. It was just <laughs> like every week there was just great movies. There, there was an old throwback quality to the game that I did like, because yeah, it does seem like it's like, it's not any more important than this. This is just a movie about a rich person that's, doing this thing like it feels like they wouldn't make a movie like that today because there's not more to it there would need to be there actually was a conspiracy that he was trying to uncover blah 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 um i guys i just looked up an inflation calculator because we're talking about it and Mm -hmm. 70 million dollars in 1997 is 115 today so Mm. yeah um and then to make if you were to spend 100 million dollars on a movie today and not have it make 200 million dollars I feel like you would consider that a, a not an outstanding success. For no. sure. And, and that's what I feel. I mean, nobody knows about this movie. I tell people about this movie yeah. all the time, and no one knows about this movie. Should we go Dirty I've Rotten Scoundrels? I'm trying to find the yeah. budget for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, it's a comedy, so the margins are a little bit lower. It looks nice, but I don't know if they actually filmed on the French Riviera or if they were just doubling for it. I would assume the most of the salaries going to the two leads it made 42 yeah. million dollars which that's it which in 1988 <laughs> let me just do this quick math here <laughs> that's it that might be a lot of money maybe that's like a billion dollars we don't know no nope. there's no way that's a billion dollars i think i just see, saw somewhere it said he said a billion it dollars. is actually okay so but for a comedy $42 million in box office today would be $94 million in box office, which is not bad for a comedy, depending on how much it costs. I'm trying to find how much it costs. I'm not seeing how Yeah, much it looks it like it was before those things were heavily reported, but... I feel like it had to cost a decent amount of money. Because they look like they... I thought that, they were on location. That, oh, here yeah, we go. That didn't look like California. This is from <laughs> Forbes.com. So we trust Forbes, right? I mean, that's a magazine yeah, for totally. the rich. I know it's for the rich because I've never had a Forbes magazine in my life. <laughs> They're too expensive. Um, and I wouldn't understand the articles. But uh, it was the movie was a hit at the time. It made $42 million domestic off of a three. Oh, wait. <laughs> Shit. Domestic off a $3.8 million debut. But debut doesn't mean budget. So I just totally yeah. ran, ran us around. Mm-mm, uh, don't listen to Thanks me, guys. Keep talking. <laughs> I'll keep looking. Um, I will say I'm looking up the filming, and they do film on location for it. Oh, cool. So. Well, it wow. shows. It does look. Yeah, that. Yeah, it did look it's good. Beautiful. That's why I was like, I don't think that was the California coast. Yeah, no, definitely not. So we don't know how much it made. I feel like it is usually considered a hit. It is considered a successful movie, but maybe that's just word of mouth or something other. So... You know, this was, I think this category for once had some added importance, Leonard, because box office for movies about the 1%, how can that not be important? If you, you can't tell me it's a great movie about rich people and it made no money. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. mil, so, yeah, that's where we're at. I mean, what what else is there to talk about, Leonard, or are we just going to well, the, 
I think we're good. I think we go to the fifth and final criteria. Oh wait, 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 wait. wait. Is, I have to wait. answer yeah. your question about what movie I would have picked. Okay, I've been thinking about right. it this whole time, and I still don't really have a good answer. But the first thing I thought of was the TV show Gossip Girl, which is not a movie, but it is a perfect example of the uber wealthy, and I love it. And is I had it? to plug it. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, Gossip Girl? I thought they were like a single mom and a daughter or something, right? <laughs> You're thinking of Gilmore, Gilmore. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Gossip Girl Was is Go- Blake Lively. They can't afford to live in that quaint Connecticut town. This is bullshit. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Telling me they get coffee no. from that same place every day? Oh. They run up a tab. I've never seen an episode of Gilmore Clearly. Girls. So I was just like, wait a second. Yeah, also never either. seen an episode of Gossip Girl. You should. It's so good. Yeah, have you ever watched it, Girls it on HBO? HBO? What? what no. What, what channel is Gossip Girl on? Uh, the CW. So it's everything ah, you ever okay. want in a TV show, obviously. <laughs> <Okay>. Drama, <laughs> sex, drugs, intrigue. Um, Diaries. But yeah, tr- truly, like they take limos to school, these kids. And they're like going to bars wow. and they're supposedly 14 years old and ordering like wow. Manhattans. But movie-wise, <laughs> wow. I think I would say, and this isn't really 1%, this is like the top 5%, but I would probably say Clueless. Oh, Okay. Okay. So we, she's like super rich. All three of those movies, I think it should, it, it bears repeating. Uh, the game and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels make for a weird double feature. They are alike in that they both deal with the rich, but the two movies are very quite are quite different. Clue mm-hmm. is closer to Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. No, Clueless. Clueless. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wait, I is heard Clue, Clue rich people. I guess. Yeah, they live in a yeah. man. They live in that big ass manor, and he's got a boat. <laughs> mm. And it has John Cleese, who was originally tapped to do dirty rotten scoundrels but he oh but tim tim curry kills it i assume john cleese would have played the tim curry character no no he was wasn't john cleese in it he was one of the characters wasn't he not in clue oh fuck now you're talking about clueless what are we talking about no i'm talking about <laughs> i'm so confused right now john cleese is he not in clue the movie clue I no tell you it's tim curry the but... butler but Tim Curry. No, but the, one of the characters. No, it's not John Cleese. Now I'm going to look it up because now I'm saying no so strongly that if I'm going to be proven wrong here. My point that I was making before I derailed myself <laughs> um, is that these movies all have to do with like taking like some sort of gamesmanship about the rich people. I think we wanted, uh, Leonard, our movies to like something bad is happening to these people. Like, I guess I, I don't mm. think it's a very good movie, but like all the money in the world, that Ridley Scott movie from a couple years ago, um, something about like rich people being fucked with it was a theme in both of our picks, which I don't think is unintentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think sure. Cathartically. We want that in our viewing. If we're going to watch something, you know, I, I like succession, not because, uh, I mean, they show a lot of wealth on the screen. It's very funny and whatever. But it's also like these people are miserable. And if I'm going to watch people live, you know, drinking the finest champagne, taking helicopters everywhere, going to their big yachts that is bigger than the size of everyone's house, I want them to at least be miserable doing it. Like for me to be able to enjoy it and have some entertainment. I don't I don't know what that is. I but. just like I just like I feel like I like the part about just seeing another person's life from their viewpoint is always interesting to me so mm. if they're rich i don't like if they're rich or they're poor it's interesting and you know everyone sucks so it's like we're, <laughs> if you're poor you can suck if you're rich you can suck so it's like it is what it is but uh it's a good life philosophy i appreciate yeah i i just appreciated the fact that like in both these scenarios these things happen with the filthy rich and like not 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 necessarily the game but like 
you're disconnected from life and he was driven and he needed to find some type of purpose and he needed to do like go to therapy so he could talk to his ex-wife and be like therapy would have been much cheaper (laughs) yeah therapy would have been much cheaper but like than jumping off a building a game designed to make you so fed up that you jump off a building to kill yourself surprise you're not dead happy birthday blow out the candles (laughs) like it's so weird yeah he had to do it because he's he's been living this rich. Well, but he like, had nothing. What was his arc? Now he'll he just have. take his ex wife's calls. Like I don't. It just seems like <laughs> it. It was a lot There's of no a arc. lot of no for arc. that. Like you know, all that for just the drop of blood kind of a thing. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Um, I always feel like movies like so like that makes me think of like it always seems like a movie that somebody who's not uber rich makes to make them feel good like okay it's okay that i'm not super rich because i'll be this sad and depressed and my my life will be so unfulfilled and then i always wonder like if jeff bezos is watching this movie is he like damn that's my life or he's like these fucking idiots don't know what it's like i fucking love it i'm living my best life i don't care i'm sure that's what it is yeah so it's like i always feel like it's not actually and represent like they're not really we always portray them as like so lonely and like oh it's it's hard for them. This is why it's not great for them. And like, l- let's watch them suffer. And it's like, but they're not actually suffering. Rich people don't suffer. Yeah, it's a it's I think a ruse. It was, I it, no, I don't. That's think how it we was placate that. ourselves by being like they're just as miserable as we are. But yeah, sometimes well, it I feels think like it. with a game, it showed it it did the two stereotypes. The like, oh, I'm so disconnected and nothing. I'm, nothing means anything. And then it was his little brother. Who was just like, ah, I was just, I woke up on the beach of Ibiza and I was like, oh, it's my brother's birthday. And he's like, how many colleges have you been to? And this and like, so it's just like, either you can just, it's like, either way you're looked at negatively. It's like, oh, you're not doing anything with your life. You're just enjoying it because you have all this money. But it's like, if I had all all that money, I would just be enjoying my life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you either want to work harder and attain more. You want to like, so it's just kind of like. You, us like not having money we're always going to look at them in a negative light you mm-hmm. leonard have the audacity to enjoy your life without all that money and i am offended <laughs> um, wait so leonard would be in ibiza and then would yeah quinn you'd be the, would you be the working it as an investment banker if we're mapping the podcast to fit the movie the game leonard is sean penn for sure <laughs> and i am michael douglas <laughs> And I, nice. we, we get dinner, and I, I chastise Leonard for living his life smoking irresponsibly. I'm smoking a joint in the restaurant. Yeah, of and Leonard's mm-hmm. giving me business cards to Colts, and I'm like, all right. Um, <laughs> okay, so we, we've we've been dancing around it. I'll just say one other thing: Clueless, I think, is a great pick, Arisha. Um, I think of that more as a high school movie, but it is absolutely a movie about the uber wealthy. And yeah. uh, and is another kind of lighter, enjoyable movie about it. You laugh with them. Um, the the main character is kind of. Is it fair to say she's sort of a ditz? I mean, I don't know. She's not dumb, but she's vapid. She's clueless. That's the that's yeah. the title. Like yeah, she's clueless. Yeah. Um, but you you don't you don't hate her either. Like you know, it's another movie that is, you know she's a sympathetic character. I mean, most movies have to have sympathetic characters or else you wouldn't watch them. But like exactly, there is something about. But Cher she also that... does just like sideswipe cars, and she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> whoops, <laughs> like what? <laughs> but um, the two movies that we pick, the two movies that we've been discussing, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels mm-hmm. and The Game. Yeah, we came up with this prompt. You interpret it however you like. Best movies about the filthy rich. So, 
Oh, uh, what do you think? We, Leonard and I are going to give final arguments, I guess. So I'm throwing it to you too soon. Leonard, should I go first or do you want to go first? It's up to you. I'll go. Um, I like the game. I had not seen it. I really enjoyed Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I felt like picking a kind of a lighter comedy for this because even though a lot of our conversation was about like, screw the rich, we don't like the rich. Uh, I, it is fun to watch people like in the French Riviera just like wearing tuxedos and going and living it up and doing all these fun things. Um, I think my movie, that's kind of how I like watching these movies. Again, I said that I could have gone with Wolf of Wall Street. I do enjoy that movie. But if I'm talking about a movie that I'll probably come back to more often, like Wolf of Wall Street's probably a better movie in my mind. But Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is like a more fun movie. It's a funnier movie. It makes me feel better and i think whatever politics it has i guess just about like the wealth disparity and something you can think about them but also it's just trying to entertain you so it's not making you think that hard you're not left at the end of the movie walking away like screw these guys now the game i don't think was really about the fact that michael douglas has a lot of money like he does have a lot of money it's part of his character he probably wouldn't be able to afford it in the abstract although he doesn't pay for it anyway his brother does but I think you could make this movie about a middle-class person who's dissatisfied with his life, who has an ex-wife that he's not that into and lives alone. And I think it's much the same movie. I, I, you know, I think a lot of the issues that Michael Douglas has probably affect the wealthy, but could affect anybody. I don't think the fact that he's rich has that much to do with it, other than the fact that they're trying, you know, they make him think that they're trying to steal his fortune. But there's literally a point in the movie where he goes, I don't care about the money. You know, it's more about his obsession at that point. So I think it fits the prompt for sure. I don't know that like it's the most, um, I don't know that it's as integral to it as is my movie, as is like wealth and the idea of wealth and stealing it and how it's power and you kind of debase yourself and go through all these things to get wealthy and you'd scam other people. I feel like it's much more prevalent and much more fun and funny and palatable in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is why I think I picked the better film. Leonard? Okay. Uh, I had not seen Dirty Rotten, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and it was also a very good movie. It's beautiful. You see the coast. You know, you think like, whoever's here, this is prime real estate. You got to be wealthy. You got to be filthy rich to be staying in these hotels and whatnot. I disagree with what Quinn said about this could be. It, it could be anyone. We're all human. So we all have emotions. We all can feel disconnected. We can all feel depressed and upset. But with, you know, the character, Nicholas, uh, he felt that way because of his filthy rich upbringing he was born into wealth his dad who i guess wasn't maybe feeling fulfilled or felt the pressure of providing and having this life it was kind of like you know it was passed down to him through his family of this i guess this disconnect of being always wealthy all the time and falling under this certain type of you know uh, stipulation of this is what your life is has to be and I think that played a major role in the movie. Being filthy rich made a play, played a major role in it because he was just going with emotions. He had been raising his little brother and being the the, the primary, you know, benefactor of the estate since he was like thirteen years old. So he had he had to be serious because his life was all about money. He had to keep that money and continue making money because that's what he was supposed to do, and. 
he wasn't living a real life. And his little brother, who didn't have that pressure and just had the ability to just spend this money and have it, he saw this in his brother and was like, look, let me give you this gift so you can realize that you only have so much more time left on this earth and try to enjoy it and try to be a fucking human and, and, and realize what's going on around you and not just dollars and commas and in stocks and whatnot. So uh, I just feel like my movie is the better overall movie. I feel like the first one, the dirty Ryan's counters is very entertaining. It's very mm-hmm. funny, but the game is just very different. So for me, the, the feeling of like suspense and like being like, what's going on? Like not, I hate like figuring out movies and like what's going to happen and knowing what's going to happen. You never knew what was going to happen. And I was interested in this rich man's plight and his, his whole like, situation and uh I, I thought they did a really good job and at the end you're just fucking mind blown it's like a triple twist and you know i feel like uh you know it was it was a good movie and uh only someone extremely wealthy could pull off this type of an extravagant of type of gift for someone okay mm. you both make very very compelling arguments and uh, I don't buy into astrology, but as a Libra, this kind of thing is really, really challenging for me because I just can't make a choice uh, to the point where I've truly gone back and forth in the last five minutes. Um, and uh, I think I'm going to go with the prompt being the best movie about the filthy rich, right? That's yeah. the prompt. I'm going to have to give it to the game and i didn't even wow. like that movie i much prefer wow. the other one i knew it i could see it in her face when i was saying it. she was like damn wow yep. you made really good yep. i'm sorry i mean it was hard i think quinn said it's more he, you said something about how like that could apply to somebody who's like middle class and i was like that's true but then leonard was talking about it and i was like you know what even just the actual game you had to have such opulent wealth to pull all of that off. One million, one point eight, five million, who knows? So I had to give it to the game. For the fact that there's even an avenue, that there's even a service like that, you have to be Yeah. Yeah. And to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you scamming me, Arisha? Is this a- <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Ron's counters? I think so. It's well, just the Jerry Rice counters is more about the scammers than the one percent. Yeah, because like. So I mean, then the filthy, then the filthy rich. So yeah. It's like, like I'd say Michael Caine's character is pretty rich, but Steve Martin's character isn't, or at least he doesn't present as really rich. And so mm. I was just like, I just, like he had. I, I see him more as like, you know, like a list celebrity wealth, not Facebook Mark Zuckerberg wealth. Ooh. This is Ooh. bumming me out. I'm this sorry. is bumming me I'm out, Leonard. I, I, I thought I had it. I wanted to pick Dirty Rotten Scoundrels because I like that movie so First much the better. Yankees. Uh, First the Yankees. But you know what? You got yeah. you got way more positive energy this weekend, man. So you're good. It's, it's okay. all right. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> well, this was, thanks. This was, <laughs> we are... 
We're three episodes in, and now I am up two An to old one. Pattern okay. repeating. Okay. Okay. Well, well someone was going to have to be up after two. the third episode. Uh, I'm not feeling too good about my chances next week, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see, man. You know, I felt like I've had a few things in the bag, and then they they slip through. And that's why, just like the holes in my pockets where the money goes out, and that's why I'm not a filthy rich person myself. But um, thank you, Arisha. Uh, Arisha, for, you yeah. have been amazing. Of course, You've been so yeah, good. this was so fun. We waited too long to have you. Uh, where can the people I think find? We could have waited a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ouch! Ouch! Um, you can find me um, on Instagram all those socials arisha skid dubs um and then my podcasts are even the rich and in god we lust both from wondery which actually our show just hit number one on the charts yeah yo our show just hit number nine yeah Um, no that's what's up that's litty and i'm really excited i'm gonna check out this in god we lust because i'm from lynchburg virginia oh yeah home of the fall wells that story Liberty yeah what's University. in god dude, what's the quick pitch on in god we lust i know a little bit Arisha, um, but if you had to like yeah so the fall wells uh they're the family that started liberty university super evangelical family and the son jerry falwell jr uh he ended up uh filming his wife with a pool boy from miami and started this kind of year long couple years long relationship we can't really call it a threesome but twosome that's with cuckolding experience jerry Jerry falwell jr is a cook yes that's there's the pitch we got it (laughs) i wish they had made a movie about this so i could have picked it and won this week (laughs) oh you would have won material (laughs) dude i feel like i feel like cuckolding is just like literally goes hand in hand with like I read an article about that, that it's actually really, really common. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna, excited to listen to that. Congratulations to Yay! going uh, number yeah, one. Once congratulations on picking me as the well, winner. <laughs> once you, it's an honor. Once you finish listening to this podcast, uh, go check out Arisha's podcasts. Check out Arisha on her social media platforms, uh, her film uh picks i mean you liked my movie better i was about to say her film picks. i know uh, I... there's some room for improvement but you liked my movie better and i did not win so that's the thing when it's movies about the rich you want to hate the experience i should have picked i should have picked wolf of wall street i thought myself out of it for what it's you worth you would have been forced to pick that i came into this being like well I, it's a clear winner at dirty rotten scoundrels and then son of a bitch like, i lost I truly, it in the episode even when we were you were giving your pitches i was like i already know what i'm gonna pick and then Ugh. i was like wait am i doing this right I think you talked. You, I think you overthought it, Arisha. I think you classically. I'll go I first. I'll Libra. go first next time. I'll go first next time. I was like, I won because no I more Libras it's on the okay podcast. Now. I'm going. I'm going last when we're doing our final words next time, and no yeah. more Libras. They're going to add that to the psyche vowels that we make everyone fill out. Oh my god! It's the one question we didn't yeah. ask. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Arisha, job. for being on. Um, and uh, you could check check uh, us out with Lotions Eleven. Uh, we yeah. play We Improv on Tuesdays at twitch.tv backslash We Improv. Shout out to Jake Jabor, former guest. Oh, love him. And um, you can see Arisha Leonard and myself uh, trying to not step on each other over Zoom on mm-hmm. uh, virtual improv. Night. Yeah. Yeah. And until then, um, I'm going to be breaking open my piggy bank and counting my change, and I will see if I have enough money to see you at the cinema. See you at the back of that.